Welcome to The Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. We rolled. Today we hear from Sarah, who asks... Wondering if you had any tips for helping a dyslexic teen who wants to write a novel make it through NaNoWriMo. He is highly creative, listens to tons of audiobooks, and has lots of ideas, but getting words on the page can be frustrating. Ooh, well, hey, I happen to be a dyslexic, so I've got a few tips. Here's what I got. Uh, first... Turn off the spell checker. The last thing he needs is a bunch of squiggly red lines shouting at him all the time. He can worry about this later. This is a short-term fix. I'll get into a long-term fix for spelling in a bit. But really, get that out of the way. The perfectionism it introduces is death to creative flow. The second thing to do, this really works because it's a uh, it's a thing. It 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 circumvents what how dyslexia works in the brain or at least the type that i've got have him sub vocalize while he's writing so as he's typing he should speak the words he intends to write in his own head or even actually whisper them out loud as he's writing this will make a huge difference especially when it comes to concept inversion then when he's editing there might be some straightening out to do don't worry about that until later but this way, he's a stenographer for his own thoughts, which can really help him keep things straight. Because if he can speak coherently, he can write coherently. If he keeps this up long enough, over the course of a couple of years, you know, the writing can become faster than reading because your only barrier is typing speed rather than thinking straight speed because you've successfully connected the fingers to the verbal centers, which is a big problem with dys with dyslexics. Another thing, type with your eyes closed. This breaks part of the feedback loop where the processing problem happens, and that's the reading back. Your typing speed will also, and this is for everybody, your typing speed goes way up when you type with your eyes closed, once you get used to doing it. Way up. Even... I, I type incredibly fast, and even I will type with my eyes closed when I'm trying to get a groove going, and it really, really works. Then once you get it done, when you're editing, read your stuff aloud. This lets you hear the flow of thought. It makes it easier to tell when you've got your information flow backwards or out of order in some other way. Over time by which I mean over the course of several years, it'll also train your it'll also train your brain to think better and present information in a more coherent order. Right off, this is going to make subtle points of confusion much easier to detect. With practice, he's going to be able to read silently while speaking the words aloud in his head, and this will make his dyslexia much less of an obstacle when reading. Now, when it comes to spelling, this is the long-term strategy. He's got to focus on word roots. This was my ultimate salvation. Because uh, 
I was hopeless with spelling. First, let's talk about phonics. Dyslexia is... The, what we call dyslexia is usually a subspecies of dyslexia called dysgraphia. This is where your visual inputs get confused and flipped when you're going to and through the language processing centers of the brain. If you drill heavily on phonics, as opposed to what they call whole language learning, where you interact with words like they're hieroglyphs, like word pictures, very, very inefficient and it's not good. And it's the way most word most kids are taught to read now. It's a terrible method for learning to read, even for people without dyslexia. You drill heavily on phonics, and this helps train the brain to break the words down into the component sounds very efficiently. Um, you can get programs that will help you do this, like the adult version of Hooked on Phonics, which is great for older kids. You get the phonics down, and this will allow him to when he's spelling, to close his eyes and mentally look at the phonemes he's trying to use, and then he can transcribe them. Now, the word roots, like I said, they're really important. So much of English is loanwords from Latin, Greek, French, and German. And if you make it a practice any time you have trouble spelling a certain word consistently, to go and learn the word root you'll begin to internalize the structure of the language. And each word root gives you the spelling of a few dozen words, and it also gives you access to an understanding of the subtleties of language that you can't get otherwise, since there are very few roots. There are very few word roots that have only one English instantiation. It also, and it also lets you divine word roots and definitions without looking them up. So, for example... Take the word I just used, instantiation. If you, ha I haven't looked up the root for this, but I can tell by its spelling that it is related to words like substance, substantive, substantial, instantiate, instant, instance, happenstance, circumstance, and stance, which means that all those words mean something related to the same thing, and that, se and that same thing seems to be existence or nature. Stan is the clear common root here, and that means that spelling for the rest of the word is easy, since substance means stuff that things are made of. Sub is the same prefix we use in submarine, which is a ship that goes underneath the water, so sub means under. Therefore, substance means the basic low-level nature of something. In when used as a prefix, seems to connote immediacy. So, instantiation must mean how something is now, since it is so close to instant. Happenstance is a word we know means something like luck or coincidence, so it literally would be how something is happening. Extend, or how something has happened, is actually what it means. So you extend this technique to a Basic knowledges of suffixes, CE is a state of noun suffix, or a state of being noun suffix. TIAL, shul, is an adjectival suffix. T is an objective noun suffix, etc. You do this and you can quickly work backwards from sound or definition to spelling, and also work forwards from definition to sound or spelling. It takes work to get there. 
and it's one of the tricks that's more of a lifelong mental habit than one you do for a little while here and are done with. But it really, really works. And in case it helps, this isn't just book knowledge. Like I said before, I am cripplingly dyslexic, and these are the things I learned to do in order to read the books I wanted to, and then in order to write. As a result, I'm one of the better spellers and typists that I know, and Kitty will tell you I sometimes get phone calls from friends asking, mm-hmm. how do you spell this word? Mm-hmm. Phone calls. They could look it up online, but they call me and ask me how to spell a word. Because they got used to you sitting right next to them. Well, yeah, that's true. These are writing buddies. And <laughs> Gail Carriger kept me around for a spell checker, I swear. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I never would have learned to spell properly like that if it had all, if reading had come easily to me. So all these tricks, especially the last one with the word roots. They also do something else. They train you to think around corners and think in relational terms, which is really good for creativity and a lot of other things in life. Also, this can help you win huge games of Scrabble. Yeah, Learning word roots and, (laughs) and, and suffixes and whatnot. You can make up words. And find out that they're real words, especially if you play online Scrabble where, where you're playing against the computer and the computer actually is a dictionary. So You had to do all this, too, and for a different reason. You're not, not dyslexic, but English is not your first language. It is not. It is actually the only language I speak, but it was the second language that I learned. Um, and because I wasn't spoken to in my... In my first language, after I was about five, I lost that language, so I I am missing some of the connections that you would naturally mo- acquire. Most people usage. have, right. and I have a problem with nouns because of that. Oh my God! Do you ever? Be- because nouns are the first thing you learn. Mm-hmm. So my noun <laughs> connections are in a different language, in a language I do not speak any longer. The number so, of times a day I hear the word thingy and I have to say, <laughs> nouns, please. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Is impossible to overstate. <laughs> yeah, and I don't substitute, like, the noun from my first language because I don't know that language anymore. And because, but I just, like, um And because you learn things in school, you don't have that problem when you're writing. When you're mm-hmm. writing, you use all the nouns, but when you're speaking, you can't find your nouns. Mm-hmm. I, I substitute <laughs> thingies, stuff, butts. <laughs> Where's the knife butt thingy is one that I heard yesterday. <laughs> they came into the room and I'm like, knife butt thingy? <laughs> And she makes these hand motions. You know, the the thingy that you that you, you cut the stuff with. And I'm like, you mean a bread knife? She's like, yeah, that. <laughs> oh, boy, boy, boy. But yeah, so doing this will really help. It helps her learn to write a language she can't speak. <laughs> It helped me learn to spell a language I couldn't read, so it'll help your son. 
monster. <laughs> oh, thanks for sending it in, and I hope it's really helpful. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god. The Everyday Novelist is written by J. Daniel Sawyer and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2021 J. Daniel Sawyer and the production is copyright 2021 Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License and all other rights are reserved to their respective owners.